thank you for joining Mind Your Brain. The mission of this podcast is to improve the quality of life for those affected by a brain injury. The Mind Your Brain Foundation is devoted to giving you tools and tips from world-class experts in the field of neuroscience and neurorehabilitation so you can reach the highest recovery that's possible. My name is Candace Gant, your host. I'm a traumatic brain injury survivor and the founder of the Mind Your Brain at Penn Medicine Conferences and the executive director of the Mind Your Brain Foundation. I'm also proud to be on the board of the Brain Injury Association of Pennsylvania. In the studio today, my guest is Dr. Harish Sampath Kumar. He's a co-founder of JH Rehabilitation in Chennai, India. He completed his medical training at, at Sir Ramachandra Medical College and Research Institute. He completed a one-year internal medicine internship in 2014 at Unity Health Systems in Rochester, New York, and three years of physical medicine and rehabilitation training in 2017 at the New York Medical College Metropolitan Hospital Center in New York. He then completed a one-year fellowship in brain injury medicine in 2018 at the University of Texas Health Science Center at Houston. You may know that as TIRR, Memorial Hermann, Houston, Texas, ranked within the top five best rehabilitation hospitals in the United States. So thank you for joining us, Dr. Sempath Kumar. We really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. Absolutely, thank you for having me. Brain injury survivors often have new personality traits, challenges and fears, limitations. Survivors are often surprised by how these changes also mean that they will feel and behave differently in their relationships. These changes have many, have many spouses saying they feel like they're married to a stranger. Not many people wanna talk about their intimate relationships. But this is an important topic to cover in recovery. So I really appreciate this, you bringing this topic to our attention. Let's start with the basics. Please, what is sexuality? How do you define that? Sure. Uh, you know, <clears throat> there are a lot of uh, you know, definitions uh, for sexuality. And, uh, you know, th there were a couple that particularly uh, got my interest. Um, so, you know, one way to define it, one of the definitions is an individual's ability to experience and express sexual feelings. Uh, the other definition that I also like is uh, a person's sexual feelings, thoughts, attractions, and behaviors towards another person. Um, these are the two definitions that sort of uh, made the most sense. And it seemed like a lot of the medical models uh, were based on. So it's both the experience as well as uh, um, the, the, the uh, you know, uh, the experience as well as the expression. Um, so uh, both were important. And uh, uh, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. that, and, and how did you get involved in rehabilitation or working in this area with brain injury survivors? Yeah, you know, um, I will say that I'm particularly not an um, expert 
in um, sexuality and relationships. Rather, uh, this was more of a, uh, a practical um, issue that I came across uh, treating brain injury survivors and uh, um, realizing how important uh, sex is in forming connections, uh, as well as uh, just, you know, just establishing close connections and relationships, uh, the importance of that. And uh, when I did come across how it is lacking among brain injury survivors and uh, you know, it, it, myself included, not asking uh, questions related to this unless someone actually brings it up. And even when they are asking that question, uh, you know, um, I would say that I, I do get uncomfortable or I did in the very beginning. So uh, that sort of uh, led me to you know, uh, look into this topic a little bit more, be better prepared to be able to uh, better serve this patient population. So that's how uh, I kind of, you know, started uh, learning about this more and uh, see how we could best address this issue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and so tell us why our sexuality changes after a brain injury? Is there a reason why it changed? I know our personality changes, but um, how, how does that play a role in our recovery? What happened? Why does it change? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so there are a lot of reasons. So it's quite interesting, right? So, so just like an, just like anyone who, even without a brain injury, uh, you know, who experiences uh, issues with intimacy and uh, sexuality, um, those are applicable to individuals with brain injury as well, right? On top of that, uh, there are so many other things that go with it, right? So uh, I'll just name a few. Mm-hmm. Please. And, and, you know, so, so one, the area of the brain that gets affected from the brain injury, right? There are, certain, there are a lot of hormones that are being produced in the brain, um, right? Your uh, um, hypothalamus, pituitary, those are some of the, uh, you know, uh, structures in the brain that produce uh, certain hormones that are essential uh, in, in uh you know, uh, in, in your uh, sexuality. And when these areas are being damaged, uh, you would have an impact, right, uh, in, 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 in your sexuality. So that's, you know, so it's depending on the area of the brain that gets affected um, and how that area, uh, if, if it's something that plays a role already uh, in, in sexuality, then of course, if it gets affected, then sexuality gets affected. And then the, the other reason, right, would be, um, medications that brain injury survivors might be uh, taking medications, you know, maybe it's seizure medications or uh, medication. And oftentimes these medicines make them feel drowsy and tired as well, right? Um, and, and some of these medications may even have a direct impact, uh, right? If uh, they're taking medications for depression, some of these medicines can have an impact on your uh, sexuality as well. So, uh, so, so there are a lot of reasons, you know, and, and, you know depending on the type of injury, if, if they had uh, um, weakness and uh, tightness and uh, you know, their movements are not the same as before, right? That you know, they may have the desire to have it, but it practically it may be uh, difficult for them to um, have sex. So, um, so, so there are various reasons uh, you know, why a uh, brain injury a survivor uh, might not. Uh, be able to, you know, uh, experience and express themselves. 
Um, and uh, I, I also want to just you know mention one more thing here, which is it, it's it, you know uh, we we can think of sexuality in different sort of phases or stages, right? So, so, so there are different uh, models, but the model that is commonly accepted um, that is based on the definitions that I have mentioned are the ones they sort of classify as, you know, desire as being a phase and then attraction as being a phase and plateaus being a phase and climax as being a phase. So there are different, uh, you know, uh, phases and, uh, you know, one may have the desire uh, uh, for sex, but may not have the ability to do it. May not, you know, uh, uh, some may not even have the desire to have uh, that experience. So, mm-hmm. so really, and it affects different stages, and and there are various reasons in each of those stages why uh, this may be the case. So, um, so yeah, I hope that answers your question. So it's it's, it's so complex, and there are so many reasons uh, why you know uh, this this may be an issue yeah very complex so but but is it common is it prevalent do you have a lot of these questions about sexuality in your practice with your patients? yeah you know it, it is a uh, very common um you know uh, so in just this the studies say 40 to 60 percent uh, but again um, it also depends on how you're measuring sexuality and is there a uniformity in, in being able to measure that and are they all using sort of the same models and scales, uh, right, uh, uh, to do that. So that would sort of vary, uh, um, you know, the, the percentage. Um, I, you know, I would say the percentage is probably much higher than the the, the, the 40 to 60 percent because again if we were to go with the definition uh, of you know uh, um, you know experience and expression and uh, you know any impairment in that then that's a that's a much bigger population um, you know uh, I, again I, I can't cite the exact number but mm-hmm. uh, uh, definitely a much uh, higher just based on anecdotal evidence and uh, working with patients uh, with brain injuries uh, that number is much, much higher. Indeed, indeed. And, and of course, the fatigue that goes along with a brain injury, I'm sure plays a role in it as well. But what Certainly. I, yeah. And what I wanted to ask is that, uh, do the patients come to you directly knowing that you can help them with the sexuality or do they come in with other symptoms for other problems? And then it, it evolves into a relationship that you start with them and talking about some components of their lives that they want to improve. And this is when this subject is, is identified or they want to discuss it. I'm sure it's difficult to start a discussion, come into the doctor's office and start with that. So how yeah. do you look when, when you have your one, one-on-one with a patient and trying to help them in a couple of different facets of their life? Yeah. Uh, I think there are a few questions. So I'll start with the ones Thanks, uh, yes. uh, that you had asked in the very beginning, right? So I think uh, the initial questions were uh, in, in regards to how do the patients even bring up this topic? How do you bring yeah, up the topic? Yeah. When do they bring up the topic? So, you know, uh, most of them don't. Um, and my observation, again, this is just an observation. I don't uh, uh, you know, have uh, sort of evidence to back up, but this is an observation. I've noticed that mm-hmm. uh, individuals who are, 
uh, uh, sort of most expressive and uh, you know vocal and uh, willing to uh, um, you know uh, ask questions. So th- you know they are the ones who do, and even among them, it's such a uh, uh, you know even uh, um, small percentage, uh, um, right? Um, so that that even bring up uh, the question of. Uh, uh, because I think it's also something they think, again, like observation uh, and, and hypotheses. Uh, I, I think that they also feel uh, that, um, you know, well, it is what it is. Um, I don't, you know, uh, uh, um, this is just based on, again, hypothesis and uh, maybe a couple of people that have mentioned it as well uh, when the question was raised. Um, I think it's, it is what it is and uh, not much can be done about it. And I think uh, um, they just, you know, uh, uh, sort of deal with it or don't bring it up. Um, mm-hmm. So so that's sort of how it is. It's, it's very, very rare uh, that they bring it up. It's extremely rare that they bring it up. And even the people who do bring it up are the ones who are vocal and sort of want to you know, express it. Um, so, um, you know, uh, uh, so the way to sort of uh, address it, uh, you know, there, are, there are sort of various models that could be used to address it. So knowing, right, the, the prevalence being high and, and mm-hmm. it's a very common issue and people not bringing up, I can certainly say that definitely less than 40% of the people bring it up, definitely less than 10% of my brain in patients. Uh, I think I'd be confident you have less than 5% of injury patients bring it up. Never keeps going down. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's true because, you know, I can literally can think of, I can, I can count the number of people who have asked me questions on this topic voluntarily. Um, right. And, and I see a good mm-hmm. number of uh, brain injury population in my uh, clinic setting. Um, you know, I understand in the, you know, rehabilitation setting or in the inpatient setting, they don't, uh, you know, they're concerned about other things that are going on, right? You know, recovery, moving better. Uh, so, but, uh, so they may not bring it up at that time. So I understand. So I'm talking about, you know, people who I see sort of long-term six months, one year after injury and they're home and they're, you know, uh, um, you know, doing better physically and things of that nature, right? So, um, so it, even in that population, you know, small percentage bring up and, um, and uh, there are models available, uh, and and also suggest that uh, you know providers or physicians ask this question, uh, but uh, you also just don't want to bring up that question. Uh, you want to ask the permission to because you know again um, it's a sensitive topic, and uh, you know uh, um, people come from different backgrounds, so. Uh, you want to be mindful of that. So you want to ask the question uh, whether uh, it's okay to, uh, you know, talk about this. And then subsequently, um, you know, one th- that would make them comfortable and uh, give them uh, uh, the, the power to decide whether this should be continued or not. And uh, if they are willing to continue um, having this conversation, then asking specific questions because the goal is to understand ultimately what is the cause, right? Uh, is there an yeah. issue? And if so, and if so, what type of is issue? 
and how do they perceive it to be a problem? Is it that they perceive it to be a problem, but they just don't want to talk about it? Um, you know, uh, or is it that they perceive it, or they don't even perceive it to be a problem? But then when you start asking questions, they may perceive it as a problem and, and, and realize how much it does impact. Um, just because of the importance of it, I think it is absolutely uh, uh, you know, important that uh, providers and physicians ask that question voluntarily with asking you know, their permission in the beginning mm-hmm. and uh, understanding, uh, uh, you know, asking specific questions to understand the reason, which would then help uh, you know, suggest options right um and and that that open communication is uh you know uh, essential um and if uh, you know uh, patients are not uh, individuals are not bringing up the topic i think uh, providers uh, should um so you've opened the door for them I, yeah you've yeah, given exactly. them an opportunity if they, if not right now maybe you've just to, uh, give them the opportunity to think about it and come back and tell them that's a subject that you're willing to explore with them yeah. I think that's, and again, it's the power thing that they, that on their right timing, that they would be comfortable, more comfortable addressing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I, I, yeah and so when, um, is there a question that a survivor going into a doctor's office, let's say some of our listeners really want to talk about it. They just don't know how to bring it up to a doctor in a, in their clinic. What is a good way to, uh, for them to address it with their with their therapist or with their physician? How do you begin that conversation? Um, I'll, I want to sort of back up and uh, uh, say, first, I think the even bigger problem seems to be that they haven't even admitted it to themselves, mm-hmm. um, that this is an issue or this is something if addressed, it would you know, make their life better. You know, they're often depressed. They, you know, uh, there's a significant amount of depression, right? In this uh, patient population, even if it's if it's not depression, you know, low mood and fatigue and uh, not as motivated, and uh, uh, you know, even if you don't meet the criteria for depression, you're just not the same person as you were before, mm-hmm. right? And and uh, uh, really thinking about this topic and uh, you know some you know, internal uh, reflection and uh, uh, um, see where they are in this topic. You know, are they happy uh, with the way things are in their uh, uh, relationship aspect, in, the, in their sexual relationship aspect? And, and, and uh, you know, what are their goals and what is realistic and what is their family values? And, uh, and really thinking about this and, and, and uh, you know, how was it, how were things before? Uh, and and uh, how, how is it now? And, and uh, um and, and really thinking about that and admitting to them uh, to themselves would be the step first step because I think that is a bigger problem. Um, and to the extent that uh, uh, they are able to do this, uh, you know, self reflection internal reflection, they can then bring it up to the uh, provider. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and and people who are already convinced by themselves, of course, that is not a big problem for them uh, to admit to themselves. And so, so to answer your question of how exactly do you do it? Um, you know, uh, and, and it's, it's, it's very difficult to bring it up. And then the, and it's very easy to give advice, right? Right. Um, and it's such a, a nerve wracking uh, thing, uh, you know, uh, because they may feel, uh, well, I'm going to bring it up and they may not even acknowledge it. I'm going to bring it up and they may not even say anything about it. I mean, um, and 
uh, 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 um, are, are, how are they going to even be able to help me? You know, what are, That's it. Um, what right? can they do once I tell them this? Well, what can my provider do for me? Yeah. And, and even, and, and, you know, it's, and they may be right in the sense that sometimes uh, they may bring it up to their providers and they may not uh, acknowledge it. And uh, that right. may sort of uh, uh, solidify the fear of, uh, 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 well, uh, this is what I thought in the beginning in the first place, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so, um, you know, really, I think th- there is no sort of, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, best way to do it. It's often whether they're comfortable with their providers to even bring it up. But one suggestion that I would give us, um, you know, uh, uh, um, the, the positive value that they would derive um, from it, which is that when they do bring it up, uh, there is a, a possibility that it could get addressed. And, uh, and, and uh, you know, uh, I would also just say, what do you have to lose? You know, uh, um, you know if, it, if they don't address it, they don't, um, you know, uh, address it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, uh, it's, it's, uh, there's something to gain from bringing it up. Um, uh, so, so that's that's uh, you know something to keep in mind and uh, uh, and and just you know um, mention to the provider uh, what is the issue and uh, how you want to always mention you know I, I'm, I'm uh, uh, speaking from a provider perspective right so you know when I'm listening to a patient it's it's when they put emphasize on <clears throat> the problem right. If someone says this is something that's really affecting me, mm-hmm. you, you you know you 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 start to take it uh, seriously. Yeah, and I get uh, yeah, and especially if it's not just once, but they're saying this and and they're really emphasizing the importance of this problem. Right. Um, uh, you know, you, you, they are more likely to get their sort of attention and, and, and uh, you know, uh, higher likelihood of getting this uh, addressed. And, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. I, I absolutely agree that you first to recognize it and then just step out of your comfort zone and start to bring it up and talk about it and, and make, it, make it important in, in your conversation with your provider. That's, that's a really good point you make, thank you. And um, individuals with TBI, I have a lot of questions for you. So let me, let me touch on a couple of them. Individuals mm-hmm. with TBI open ha- often have cognitive deficits. Mm-hmm. So how do you know when it's okay to have sex or, or what are your rights? Uh, how, can they make these decisions if you have cognitive impairments? Can you talk about that? There might be caregivers here that have a concern about their survivor that they're in charge of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a, an excellent question, and uh, it's something that is very uh, sensitive, very difficult to um, you know uh, uh, answer. But you know, let's let's think about this, right? Uh, now, what are let's start with what are their rights? Their their rights are the same as uh, anyone else's, right? Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, um, their rights are the same as anyone else's, and 
you know, can, can they consent? I think that that's probably a question. Can they consent? Or do they have the cognitive capability to consent? It's the same as do they have the cognitive capability to make their day-to-day decisions? Um, and, you know, uh, and, and the answer is yes. Then, yes, they have the mm-hmm. uh, uh, ability to uh, provide consent and that they have the uh, right. And, you know, uh, uh, you know I'm, not, I'm not saying that there is no uh, gray zone here. There definitely is a lot, it's full of gray zones here. Uh, but uh, that's one way to navigate, right? That is to, uh, uh, and, and this is recognized. It's not just me sort of saying it, and this is sort of recognized as well. Sure. Uh, um, and, um, and, and to the question of, um, you know, when is it okay uh, for them? Uh, you know, there is no specific time period. I think it's um, okay for them to engage in sex when, uh, when, when, when they're ready, when they're able to, when, uh, uh, when they feel comfortable. And, uh, you know, if that's not possible, then, you know, at least processing the information, talking about that information, right? Um, and there may be a lot of frustration from the caregiver side, you know, husband or wife or, uh, a, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend. Um, they may uh, feel frustrated because their life is, you know, getting affected, uh, um, as well, uh, you know, they may not explicitly recognize it, but uh, that that uh, I would say is, uh, you know, I could I could only imagine that to be accurate and true. Uh, so, 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 uh, you know, uh, there is no specific time period. Any when they're ready and and you know they have the right and they as long as they have the it's a you know as long as they have the ability to make their certain uh, their day to day decisions, then they have the ability to make this decision as well. Um, and, and then the question then becomes, oh, well, what if they are not? And what if they have, uh, 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 what if they are not able to, you know, they've been, uh, they're so cognitively impaired that they're not able to work, uh, things of that nature. I think uh, that that uh, is too, uh, too much of a gray zone for me to comfortably um, answer. Um, uh, and I think certainly, uh, you know, um, it's 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 more sort of situational um, because that you know uh, it sort of becomes a blanket question and sort of becomes more situational. And I think I would probably need to know more specifics and things of that nature to sort of better guide them. Um, but uh, but I hope this sort of gives some overview or uh, some guidance on how to think about this. Indeed, indeed. And so what would you, in your professional practice, what do you, uh, you talked about the four stages and can you work with them on this or is this a psychologist? Is it, it, where do you go? They ask you the question, they've got your attention, they need some help with the sexuality and their relationships. What's the next step? You recognize it, you admit it, you want to explore how to resolve it. How, to, how, does it, how do you get my life to improve in this area? Absolutely. So, as I said, we want to recognize. Uh, 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 let me back up. Not not recognize. We want to identify mm-hmm. what type of problem is this um, that they're experiencing. You know, what exactly uh, 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 is is affected? Is it the desire? And you know, and and then you we want to know what is the cause or causes. And uh, sometimes there could be more than one easily more than one. Mm-hmm. So then 
you know, so, you know, just as any uh, physician would do with any uh, um, issue, you know, as a detective, you try to ask questions to get to the bottom of it and you try to rule out all the other culprits and uh, you come to a, a decision and say, well, these are the possible things that could be contributing to this. And it's not just by asking a good history that you would be able to get to. It's also sometimes you may need further investigations. If it's the hormones, then you may want to order some uh, neuroendocrine workup, right, to identify whether these hormone levels are low. And if so, if it's low, then they may need, you know, further, uh, uh, you know, supplements in that regard. So it's a combination of history and examination and, uh, uh, and, and some tests uh, if needed. Um, and uh, you come up with uh, some, you know, a few hypotheses and uh, uh, you start to address the problem based on what the problem is. Right, right. And, and uh, maybe the answer is, uh, you know, they need uh, hormones or the answer is they need counseling and uh, they just feel very insecure and... Uh, you know, down and low self-confidence uh, with everything that has happened. And that's the issue. And, and we, they need counseling in that regard. Uh, and, and uh, you know, um, you know, sex therapists uh, who, who specialize in, uh, you know, uh, uh, sexuality, uh, they can come in very handy in this regard. Uh, of course, they're not just specializing after brain injury, but, you know, just sexuality in general. And, uh, sure. um and, and some may you know, specialize even particularly in individuals uh, with brain injuries or disability, and uh, they may be more of a candidate, but that requires some research and looking into it, um, right, uh, to identify. And, and sort of the way they can help is, uh, 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 you know, again, identify the, the multifaceted problem and teach you various strategies um, uh, to... Uh, um, you know, overcome the limitations that are preventing you from uh, uh, being able to experience. Right, um, right. I think that's, that's good advice. I agree that it, I, I liked how you described it as being a detective. You've got mm -hmm. to come to the cause. That's important, right? You can't, you can't solve it unless you know exactly what, where the problem originated. And then and it could be that there's multifaceted, that it could be a couple people that you need to uh, explore how to, how to solve. Well, uh, this, has been, this has been terrific. Is there anything that we haven't covered that you'd like to share with our listeners? I don't know if we've been able to capture everything in your expertise. Is there anything that you wanna share with them or any encouragement? Um. You know, I would like to say that uh, you know it's uh, uh, um, it's it's completely uh, understandable and uh, normal to feel the way uh, they are feeling after such a major uh, life event, right? And um, and then that's okay. And and uh, you know, acknowledging doesn't necessarily mean that this is going to uh, be the reality rather uh, 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 yes that is going to be the reality but there is also opportunity for improvement uh, uh, to address it um, and uh, I just want to make sure that uh, that sense of uh, uh, um, agency um, 
you know, uh, you know, is, is true and it's, uh, um, you know, uh, that, that it's addressable, that they're not doomed uh, to live their life this way and, and something can be done about it and it, you know, it can be addressed, it can be changed. And, uh, and if one provider, one person is not helpful, I would say keep, keep seeking and, and find the right person. That, you know, with, with internet and web and everything, we've got so much, uh, um, you, know, uh, um, you know, resources at our disposal, right? Um, so, 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 you know, I'm, I'm sort of being very basic uh, with my answer, but, uh, uh, but recognizing that they are not, I don't want to say in double negative, I was going to say, recognizing that they're not powerless. I want to say recognizing that they have the ability to make that uh, change um, and, and that this is addressable. Uh, 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 you know, I think, I, think I, just, I just want to mention that aspect. Yeah, uh, yeah. Thank you for that. that, that it's, uh, there's hope, there's help. Absolutely, yep. Mm -hmm. So thank you, thank you. This interview has been fantastic. It's such a good subject. Thank you for giving our listeners, our brain injury survivors, encouragement and information so they can understand sexuality after a brain injury. Absolutely, and uh, thank you for having me. Um, uh, it, and it's been a pleasure speaking on this topic. And uh, again, thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. So, if you'd like to learn to our listeners, if you'd like to reach out to Dr. Sampath Kumar or learn more information about this topic, please see the links in the description of the podcast. And he can be found at DelawarePsychiatry.com. Psychiatry. I want to mention Psychiatry. Thank you so much. <laughs> learn more information on this topic, please see the links that are in the description of the podcast, Delaware Physiatry. Good grief. I'm going to have you say it. All right. Sure. If you'd like to, if you, if you would like to reach Dr. Sampath Kumar or learn more information on this topic, please see the links in the description and they are Delaware Physiatry and also J.H rehabilitation.com. So please seek out more information. We encourage you to do that. And please subscribe to our podcast and share it with others. There are millions, we know this, that, that are still struggling and you could lift them up by providing this information. So please send your feedback on this broadcast or any others to our email address, info at mindyourbrainfoundation.org. Thank you for joining us. Here is my virtual hug. You are not invisible to us.